Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Today is the anniversary of D-Day, 79 years ago today. Uh, troops of the United States and their allies stormed the beach in uh, what was the greatest uh, uh, amphibious operation ever launched in history, naval um, uh, history. And, of course, that is D-Day, 1944, June 6th. <clears throat> I'm in Washington, D.C. today for a special dedication of the D-Day prayer. Many of you are aware that the Ohio Christian Alliance spearheaded adding FDR's D-Day prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. It's been an 11-year journey, and many of you have been on this journey with us. We want to thank you for your prayer support, your financial support, and your interest and commitment along with us over these 11 years to see this project through. Uh, Adding the prayer could not be done with tax dollars, but by private donations. And, of course, we had to get an act through Congress first. That happened in uh, June of 2014 is when it finally was signed by President Obama on June 30th of that year. Our Senate sponsor was Senator Rob Portman. The House sponsor was Congressman Bill Johnson. Both men were with me today at the Circle Remembrance, which is the part of the World War II Memorial, and it's the last section of the memorial that completes the World War II Memorial at this time. And so today there was a dedication, even though the prayer has been open since January. Uh, My wife and I, Sylvia, went there in January to view the prayer and uh, actually watch people as they were praying the prayer and reading the prayer. It was really a delight to see these young people step up and read the prayer. And, uh, of course, today was an official dedication with the U.S. Park Service and the Friends of the World War II Memorial. And we were honored to be there, of course, uh, with Senator Portman, Senator, uh, Congressman Johnson, and other dignitaries. Uh, Navy Chaplain was there, along with the uh, Marine Band, and uh, I, uh, we had uh, World War II veterans. But it was a wonderful time today, uh, and lots of folks had come out to see the dedication of this prayer as a lasting tribute to that greatest generation who served us in World War II. The World War II Memorial itself was uh, dedicated back in 2004. It was a fellow Ohioan from Sylvania, Ohio, that approached his congresswoman, Marcy Kaptur, and said, where is the monument that is a tribute to the World War II veterans? Where is our monument? That was all the way back in 1983. Well, she sat down with him and said, okay, let's have a conversation. Well, from that conversation, there was the genesis of the start of legislation, which was the World War II Act, and that uh, the World War II Memorial Act, and that's what got started. That was actually signed by Bill Clinton and uh, passed by Congress. And then also they had to raise the money for the main monument, which is the World War II Memorial. It was completed in 2004. Uh, dedicated with President then George W. Bush, uh, President Clinton, former president, was at, on hand, uh, many dignitaries, uh, also including uh, former uh, Senator Bob Dole, who helped raise $20 million for the main monument, 
uh, and that was dedicated in 2004. But it wasn't until 2005 that the honor flight started coming into Washington, and that's another Ohio story. That's a, a gentleman out of uh, Springfield, Ohio, uh, Earl Morris, who was a physician assistant at a veterans clinic in uh, Springfield, Ohio. And uh, in 2004, when the World War II memorial was dedicated, he said, hey, are you guys going to see it? And these are World War II veterans, older men, and they all wanted to go see it. They said they would. Well, several months later, he saw the same patients, and not one of them was able to make the trip to Washington. Well, reality set in. He realized that unless somebody made a way for these men to get there, they would never see the monument that was erected in their honor. So he uh, started to pay for some flights for some of the veterans to go, and then he also recruited at a local airport down in Springfield uh, about a half a dozen private pilots who flew 12 World War II veterans on the first honor flight. You can only put two men on some of these smaller planes, but they flew into Reagan Airport, and they took him to the monument and uh, Arlington Cemetery, and that was the first honor flight. Another Ohio, and Earl Morris spearheaded that. Well. Summer's end, it really grew in popularity. There were commercial flights uh, because there were so many people that wanted to go, and people were giving donations, and then it grew in popularity. Partnerships were formed, and it really caught like wildfire across the country, and Honor Flight was born, but again, starting with another Ohioan. Well, today was a day to really reflect of getting us through uh, all the uh, legislation success and then the planning uh, commissions. That there, how this uh, edition of this prayer would be designed and added to the memorial. But then, of course, it uh, came down to needing the funds, and a lot of small donations came in from across the country. Uh, many of you donated, and we thank you for that. But we were nowhere near getting the $2 million that was needed to add the prayer in its completion. Then, with time running out, I had a conversation with Holly Rotundi of the Friends of the World War II Memorial back then. Uh, and said, repeat that, please. She said, we're running out of time. She said, the Commemorative Works Act stipulates that any addition of the Mullen has to be completed or at least underway within a seven-year time period. Well, we were one year from that deadline when she shared that news from us with us to contact all of our supporters and uh, our board and our advisors and, and with an we needed to really pray uh, because we were really needing this money. Money. Well, uh, we, you know, the friends were having difficulty raising the money. We weren't able to get, uh, you know, secure large donations at that level, and we were trying to really think what we could do. But prayer was the order of the day. And then, of course, comes that wonderful word from Senator Portman's office. They wanted to tell me personally that the Lilly Endowment came forward with a $2 million grant to add the prayer. And that's how, in 2000, uh, we were off and running then to get the final design plans approved through the Fine Arts Commission and the U.S. National Planning Commissions uh, for the design. And it's a wonderful uh, uh, final piece that was added. Uh, and if you make your way down to Washington uh, at the World War II Memorial, just go beyond the to the left, you will see it states a prayer for the nation. And that is where the D-Day prayer 
FDR's D-Day prayer speech, all 525 words, are engraved in bronze. Let's go to that right now as FDR went to the airwaves on June 6, 1944, at 9.57 p.m. that evening. Uh, it was D-Day plus one in Europe, and the American people were waiting to hear from their president, and he said the following. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces, Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. 
Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise to each new day and again when each day is spent let words of prayer be on our lips invoking thy help to our efforts give us strength to strengthen our daily tasks to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events of temporal matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men and a peace that will let all men live in freedom reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. That is FDR as he prayed with the nation on 1944 at 9.57 that evening. Up until that point during the day, starting with the New York Times early edition, their paper, that the first bulletin of that the invasion was underway in France uh, came out of General Eisenhower's uh, headquarters. Two uh, bulletins that came out from the Allied headquarters from General Eisenhower, but not much detail of what was going on in the landings and in the beaches and uh, how the battle was uh, going. So with anticipation after all the you know the reports and the news during the day, and again with very few detail, but one thing that did happen when people heard of the they began to go to the churches and chapels and synagogues and began to pray for our troops. In fact, in New York City, at Madison Square Park, 
uh, Mayor LaGuardia held a prayer service at noon with estimated 50,000 people. The school children in Massachusetts, when they went to school that morning, uh, recited the Lord's Prayer. They uh, uh, began to pray for our troops. Uh, there was prayer all over the country, and these prayer gatherings just broke out. But that evening, they were waiting to hear from the president exactly what was happening, and he chose to announce to the nation that the liberation was un- underway uh, by prayer. And it's the largest mass prayer in our nation's history. And so it was estimated 100 million people worldwide heard the prayer as FDR went to the airwaves that night. Back then, there was only four broadcast channels. I mean, basically, the medium to receive news uh, was the radio and the newspapers. There was no television. There certainly wasn't any cell phones. There was no Internet. There was no computers uh, that people used, uh, personal computers. Uh, so the way in which people received news was the broadcast channel. In fact, in Europe, there was really only two broadcast channels. One was the British Broadcasting uh, uh, Network, which was the BBC, and the other was out of Berlin. And you can imagine the propaganda that was being put out over the airwaves out of Berlin. So the people in Europe only had two ways of receiving news, either from the BBC, independent, by the way, uh, the British government, before the war, that they were not going to uh, use it as a propaganda channel. It was going to be a free news outlet. And that's exactly what the BBC was. It was reliable. They would tell the reports of what was happening with the war, good and bad. Now, they would not tell where, you know, uh, certain bombings took place and what the casualties were uh, that would have been an aid to the enemy. But they basically did say when things weren't going so well, they would report on it accurately. That was the BBC. So the people, they depended on uh, the BBC to get the news. This prayer of FDR was rebroadcast to the people in occupied Europe over the BBC broadcast channel. So again, I mean, millions of people worldwide heard this prayer in South and North America, occupied Europe, channels around the world as FDR went to the airwaves that night and once the deliberation of Europe is underway. Well, again, today, if you're just tuning in, we dedicated officially the DDA prayer at the World War II Memorial. And if you have an opportunity to go visit our nation's capital, and we encourage you to do that, get over there to the World War II Memorial and get over to the DDA prayer. You can't miss it. It says a prayer for the nation uh, right out front. And it's just beyond the Atlantic Arch of uh, where the World War II Memorial is. And so it was great today. We just took some time after the ceremony. We had some laying of the wreaths and recognition and acknowledgement, of course, of D-Day and the sacrifice that was paid. Up uh, Over 9,000 casualties on D-Day, uh, you know, of American and British troops uh, when they invaded um, uh, Western uh, France through Normandy uh, and to liberate uh, occupied Europe was under the tyranny of the Nazi grip. In fact, the night before, FDR even references it, he said, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, 
in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. And so the fireside chat of June 5th is when he announces to the nation that uh, Rome, which was one of the uh, Axis capitals, of course, it was Tokyo, Berlin, and, and, uh, and Rome, had fallen into the hands of the Allies. And he said, one down and two to go. In that fireside chat of uh, June 5th also, he talks about the importance of providing aid to the Italian people that had been under the Nazi oppression and uh, really were starving at that point. And so he said uh, the British and the Americans will be providing some humanitarian aid. That was kind of a change in policy, by the way, because up until that point, uh, the narrative out of Washington and across the country was defeat the enemy at all costs. But uh, the June 5th speech uh, basically puts a human face uh, on those people that have been affected by the war and that, uh, of course, they had a lot of war to go yet. In fact, that's what he's saying. The Germans are not yet ready to surrender, and there's a long way to go. As I've told you many, many times, there'll be sacrifices. He references that in this prayer, uh, that there's going to be sacrifices and that we need to be resilient. We need to be dedicated uh, to, uh, and then ask for God for, uh, we rely upon him. You know, at this point, uh, America was really building a huge war machine as uh, tanks and planes and equipment and trained men. Uh, there was actually 16 million Americans who served us in World War II. So America was uh, fighting a war, a world war on two battlefronts in the Far East and, of course, in Europe. So this was going to open up the European campaign up until that point. We had fought in uh, the Battle of North Atlantic in the uh, Navy as uh, German submarines were sinking shipping. And then uh, it was actually 3,200 vessels that the uh, Germans sank of uh, the different supply ships coming across the channel trying to supply England in defense of uh, uh, you know, uh, their support of fighting against the Germans and, of course, building up for D-Day. But then uh, the, the invasion of North Africa by the Allies and driving Rommel out of uh, North Africa, then the Sicilian campaign, and then the Italian campaign. This was now opening up Western France, and it was uh, June 1944. The America, America had been in war since December 7, 1941. The American people were weary, so was the president. He went for support, was in prayer. Well, I hope that uh, you will visit the website ddayprayerproject.org. That tells the story of the D-Day prayer, and you can uh, see some of the videos and photos that we'll put up there. Also, our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and you'll be able to see the photos from today. You can also visit us on Facebook, Ohio Christian Alliance on Facebook. And it's a membership page, but you can visit there, and then uh, we can add you on as a member of that page. You'll get alerts when we post things on that page. But um, here in just several weeks, we're going to tell you more about that. It will tell the story, the 11-year journey of how we added the D-Day prayer to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. Well, again, uh, I want to thank all those who supported us along the way in this journey, and we saw it through, you know, uh, when we told the veterans uh, when we would uh, circulate a petition to uh, get their signatures to have it added, 
They said, young man, get it done. Well, uh, we were commissioned by the... At that time, I was a little younger, uh, but we followed through. And what we have to announce today, mission accomplished. The D-Day prayer is a permanent addition at the World War II Memorial. Thank you for listening. Stand by. We're going to be listening to uh, our good uh, friend, Diane.